if self-confidence is such an important attribute, every time you steal from it as a parent, you are robbing them of possible achievements that they may have because of the fact that they believed in themselves yeah. and you took that away. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward in the house. What's up? What's up? It's good to be here. I'm glad to be here. I know you didn't ask, but um, <laughs> I'm having okay. a good time. Well, you, are you done coughing? Uh, Jesus. As I cough, thank you for the <laughs> cough shaming. Uh, anyways, this is episode 184. You will probably be hearing this around February 21st. Uh, it's a week before that. We're getting ready to get into Valentine's Day. I just want to know, do you love me? I, I do love you. Okay. Don't buy me anything for Valentine's Day because we're going to try to travel this year. Okay. And so like no gifts on Valentine's Day. That means you didn't give me anything. Well, I didn't. Understood. Get, uh, I bet I got you something more than you got me, even though I said don't get me anything. Why would you do that? Because I bought you a card. Did you buy me a card? <laughs> of course. I you got you a card. You didn't me a card yet. No, you did not. Put on your children's life. <laughs> you did not give me a card. I have, I have spiritually selected but the card. But you didn't already. get me a card. No, I have time. Okay. Today, <laughs> while we're off together, you're going to be like, honey, I got to run an errand to go get me a card. Oh, See? my God. I already beat you. Yeah, I love you, you more. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's Valentine's Day almost. Yep. And that means today's the 13th. It's Galentine's Day. What does that mean? I didn't do anything for my girlfriends. Sorry, guys. I sent them some really cool things last year, but I didn't have time to do that this year because our youngest daughter, Jordan, is auditioning to get herself into colleges. And so my life for the last two weeks has been traveling around with her. Momager. I've been the momager. And so I kind of want to start off with a couple of funny stories about that, which will tie into, I think, a what in the world. And then we'll get into today's episode because it's kind of sparked by some of the things that I've encountered and experienced in the last couple of weeks, just watching kids who are about to be adults Mm. who are about to embark on careers, whether college careers or acting careers or theater careers. And just, um, I want to just discuss some of the ways that we can help support our kids better. Okay. Sounds okay. good. So, <laughs> so basically you said you saw some kids, some parents that you said, you know, there was a slight judgment towards how they were parenting. I children. wouldn't say judgment, <laughs> but let's be real. Yeah. It's judgment. You know, let's just put it out there, people. This makes me we're, uncomfortable. We are human beings. We judge each other, uh, whether we secretly talk about it with our spouses, right? Mm-hmm. It, it happens, right? Well, okay, here's where it stems from. <laughs> we, as parents, have to create other humans that other humans want to be around. Okay. Right? So yeah. I saw this, I saw a clip on Instagram from Jordan Peterson. How you right. feel about him, I could care less, but... He said, your job as parents is to create human beings that other human beings actually like and want to be around. Fair. 
I think that's fair, yeah. right? So I continue to listen. He said, if you have kids that you don't like, it's pretty <laughs> pretty common that someone else is not going to like your kids right. too, right? So whether they're annoy- annoying, um, they behave unfavorably, they throw tantrums, they're brats, whatever. Right. He's saying, if you don't like your kids and they get on your nerves, then it's likely the rest of the world will also think they get on their nerves too. And then they'll have a tough time in life, right? So your job is to teach them how to have good manners, how to have social skills, how to interact well with other humans, and how to be likable. That's what he said. Mm. And I got to say, I agree with that. So yeah. then in the comments, I'm like, I wonder what people say. Oh, yeah, you can't say anything, right? right? There's always something controversial. So in the comments, people are like, I think it's really toxic to teach your children to be accepted constantly by outsiders who have nothing to do with their life. What I would say to that is, I agree with you. We should not teach our kids to have a high value on how other people feel about you. Or overvalue. Overvalue yeah. is the key word there, right? But you should teach your kids that if they're annoying as fuck, <laughs> that impinge it, that like, what's the word I'm trying to look for? If they're annoying as fuck, then that will impact their relationships yeah. and how they're perceived or welcomed into friend groups or people might just not want to be friends right. with them, right? So you like, if you have that annoying kid, you know you have that annoying kid. If that yeah. kid annoys the shit out of you, chances are it annoys the shit out of its teacher, other teachers at school, other kids at school. And so I think it is our responsibility to not raise annoying kids. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. So controversial. I, it's not, I don't think it's, it should be, contra- it should not be controversial. And here's why. There's a difference between like someone you, you are so reliant on external factors to validate yourself. That is not what the, he's saying, I, or I don't assume that's what he's saying. What I think he's saying is that there's an interpersonal savvy that you need to instill in your kids where they understand different groups, they understand different people, and they know how to adapt so that they can align and find common ground. Because here's the thing, whether you start a business or you're getting a job, you got to interview right? If you have your own business, you have to find a way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And if you are annoying and you don't have likable characteristics within your, in your personality, then you are probably not going to have a successful career because you're not going to have people who rally behind you and support you. And you're probably not going to have a successful business because you don't have the network in order to grow, or you probably can't relate to your customers. So either way, He's a kid. Let him be a kid. He's right. not worried about but running a business. But you got to say, you know, every time you keep asking all these dumbass questions, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are annoying me, right? Stop touching me, okay? Stop touching people. Whatever it is. So I think that th- there are times where you have to tell your kids like, hey, this impacts other people and it may impact how they interact with you. So stop, right? I, Do something different. I think you'd different. agree that... <laughs> We kind of did a good job about that. Like if the kids were doing something, I'd turn to them and say, don't be that kid right now. (laughs) Would I not? Yeah. Don't be that kid right now. And they knew, oh, I'm being annoying. Right. I wouldn't say, you know what? You're being really annoying right now because that's and no that one will like damaging. you. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to like you when you grow up. And I think that that is a mistake to say that, right? I think it's a mistake to, to constantly like make things about people won't like you right. if you do certain things. But I do think you can communicate in a, in a way. We're so afraid to communicate in nuances and, and say, hey, there is a fine line between overvaluing what people say and, and, and like, not caring at and, all. And not caring at all, right? And so being in this place where you say, there 
there are certain things I'm going to do for me, and I don't care what people think. Right. But when I'm interacting with the world, you should which, care, right? Which I need to make sure that I have a certain a level of likability. Yes. Right. Yeah. Then I need to act in a certain way. Right. But why? Why do we struggle with that? It's so hard. People are like, <clears throat> oh, you know, they feel like they have to pick one side or another, and they're missing the the important aspect of it. So I think this episode is about it is your responsibility as a parent to give your kids life skills right. that will help them be better humans on the planet. So the way that this makes sense is we interact with humans, adults, all the time. At some point, they became who they are based on how they were raised, right. based on what was acceptable in their household. So if you meet a bratty ass woman in her 40s who everything's about her, she only cares about you know her perspective, her beliefs, whatever, it's likely that she was maybe over coddled when she was a kid and everything was about her, right? So right. I'll give you an example. My friend Carissa, she's actually one of our employees. She's our video editor. She put this video together what that up, you're Carissa? watching. So Carissa and I take a trip to New York and we're going to do some filming. And Carissa, we're in the tunnel in New York, one of those long ass mi couple miles of tunnels, right? And she goes, oh my God, this is so scary. The world's such a terrible place. Like people could bomb it and blow it up. And I looked at her, I said, girl, you need to stop that <laughs> shit. Like we're in a tunnel right now. That's not helpful for us. And she goes, but the world is just a scary place and people are crazy. I said, listen, we're going to be together for the week. You got to stop talking like that. <laughs> Who taught you that, right? And she's like, well, you know, the news and this and I said, okay, well, let's really break down the facts. The facts are that the world is a much safer place than you think, right? I'll give you an example. People generally, genuinely, inherently want to do the right thing for the mm -hmm. most part. You'll have your crazy, you know, right. Jeffrey Dahmers of the world, but for the right. most part, people are not going around killing people, right? right? Have you seen anyone in the two hours that we've been in New York kill anyone? No. no. Then is it fair to say that New York's pretty safe for the most part right now, right, right. right? Is it fair to say that we might find ourselves in a situation where, hey, this is a little bit of bad luck and we witness something? Yeah, that could happen. But for the most part, I would bet that we're going to go the whole week and we're not going to see any murders. She goes, yeah, I guess you're right. I said, I would bet that we're going to go the whole week and we won't find one single person that's going to try to blow up this tunnel while we're in it. Yeah. Would that make it safe? And she goes, well, yeah, I mean, so we have this whole conversation and I find myself trying to get her to dismiss all of the things that she's been taught by the news and whatever. And I go, so isn't the world, the world is a pretty safe place. Here's another example. Everybody is following these painted lines on the floor, on the street, right? Mm -hmm. I literally am only driving on this side of the street because of some painted ass lines. Right. If I wanted to be a dick, I could be driving on the other side of this tunnel yeah. and I could run into all of these cars just because I felt like it. And she goes, well, I guess, I guess that means people are pretty trustworthy. <laughs> and so I spend the whole week kind of brainwashing her into seeing that the world is a good place. And I was so proud of her because for the rest of the week, anytime we saw someone hold a door, do something kind for someone. She was like there for it, applauding. And then I turned on some extra spice because I wanted to really show her like people genuinely are good people. We go to this Italian restaurant. I take a bite of my pasta. It's so good. This new couple comes and sits next to us and they're looking and I go, do you want a bite? And the lady goes, no, oh my God, no. And I go, seriously, give me your plate. It's so good. You should try it before you order. So I cut up some of my pasta. I give this lady some of my pasta on her plate. They just sat down. 
And she tries it and she's like, this is delicious. Thank you so much. Right. So what do you think happened when her food came out? She insists that we try her food. <laughs> insists. Right. Look so we leave. We leave. What do you think Carissa said? You're so right. The world's such a great place. Like people are so nice. Right. So right. by the end of the trip, I have changed the way she looks at the world. This is important to this episode because isn't it true that if I'm Carissa's mom, not saying Carissa's mom ruined her, but if I'm constantly reminding my kids that the world's a terrible place, people are mean, yeah. people don't do this, and you should be careful, and you should be afraid, what do you think the kid's going to do? Right. But if I'm constantly telling the kids and pointing out, like, look how... Look how thoughtful that woman was. Look at look we we should do this for our neighbors. You know, you should always open the door for other people whether they open it up for you or not. Right. Maybe they're having a bad day, blah 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 blah. Isn't it true that they're going to have a different outlook based on how I raise them? Right. That's the point of this episode. Yeah, and I think that that's a powerful thing because the world's going to throw all these things at you, right? And positive, negative, all the things. And the only thing that you have as a human being are a few things, the, the principles and the philosophies that your parents instilled in you young, the things that you discovered on your own that maybe reshaped or changed what your parents told you, uh, and then the conditioning that you may go through every single day, like you just mentioned, the news, right? Mm -hmm. The news is not going to give you a report and show you- All the look, kind of things. Yeah, they're not going to just you know go down Main Street of any city and just say, look how peaceful it is today, y'all. I just want to let you know, yeah. we've been having- Nothing new to report We have cameras here. on this street for the last four hours and nothing has happened, yeah. okay? Just want to let you know, really if you want to go on Main Street, <laughs> Main Street is safe right now, right? <laughs> they're just not going to do that, right? They're giving you things that are going to get your- attention which yep. is usually the things that unfortunately are well negative. are ne negative yep. right and so i think that's super important Th this interesting because it's like i was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were having like a sales training conversation and i was like hey you know you got to get people to trust you right and mm -hmm. when you build trust it's, it's something that you can do in a, in a matter of minutes mm -hmm. and they, and i said who do you trust and that person just all of a sudden their eyes start watering up. <laughs> they said, I trust give, you. Give, like, give me a second. And they left. They like walked away and they came back after and they were like, uh, that was just a little triggering for me. I was like, I okay. I was like, I was like, are you okay? What, what was triggering? Because oh, currently right now, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's talk about that. And what we discovered was she had had a situation, whether it be in a relationship, she mm -hmm. didn't want to talk about right. in detail. But it, it deteriorated her ability to trust. Mm. But the world brought that to her, mm -hmm. but she did not have a philosophy that fought that off. Right. Right. And I said, here's the thing. Life is going to give all th the things to you. And trust is an important piece of a relationship with anything, whether you trust, you know, your partner, your family, whoever it may be. The reality is, is in order to live full out, you got to like give out trust, right. right? And you have to say, hey, I'm willing to trust this person and give them the ability to break me, right? right. To to hurt my feelings mm -hmm. because I've trusted. But that's the only way you're going to live full out. Right. Otherwise, you're walking in this world and you're just like never ever fully engaged and never being full up. out. 
on anything. Yep. But that's the thing that I think where parenting is important, where you're equipping your kids with this philosophy that helps them saying bad things are going to happen, right? Yep. Good things are going to happen. Yep. But what you want to make sure is that these are the things to understand, like trust, right? You're gonna people are gonna break your trust. Doesn't mean you don't trust anyone else. Right. Just means that that is going to happen. Sometimes it's okay. You get unlucky. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. But it was just interesting that like that <laughs> conditioning kind of can yeah. you know take over and all before you know it, you know you're not trusting anybody in the whole world anymore. Right. You right? have zero trust for anybody. Right. And so I think like you went on, uh, you know, these auditions with Jordan and, and like. Learning how other parents are kind of operating and instilling things in their kids is super like yeah. crazy because like these kids are doing big, amazing things and they're putting themselves out there. And then how they handle the letdown is going to be super yeah. important. So for those that didn't follow along, I, I shared a video of the fact that we got on a plane. Uh, Juilliard, which is one of the one of America's most prestigious um Performing arts schools right. was hosting auditions in San Francisco for the West Coast people, right? But the school is in New York. And so you have to qualify to get even into the audition, right? So you've got to send in a self tape, you've got to send in an application. If they think you're good enough, you, they invite you to the audition. And so Jordan and I got on a plane. We went to San Francisco and I was sharing it on my social. And everyone was like, wow, this is amazing. Right. Tons of friends that I know who are parents were like, man, this is really incredible. Like you've done a really great job with her for her to do this. I know women who are grown that would never go out for something like this because it just seems so scary. And it's so like, you know, oh, am I going to do this? And like, what so what happens if I don't? Yeah, yeah, there's so much at stake. And so um, I just felt really proud, but it wasn't for me. It was for her. So mm -hmm. every one of them, I responded back and I said, we set her up to be able to create these opportunities for herself. So yes, we sent her to a school that supported her dreams. We hired an acting coach because that was something that she was into. Just like if your kid plays softball, you're going to do extra practice with a coach for softball lessons, right. right? So we've done those things, but she applied. She got herself the opportunity. And so I was happy as a mother to help support that. Now, I want to talk to you about the fact that we have children who are actors and what we try to tell them all the time is like you're going to be disappointed quite a bit because right. you're not going to get every role you're not going to get everything you audition for and as a matter of fact if you want to turn this into a profession you're probably going to get turned down 96 to 98 percent of the time for every single role that you go after right so you and i recognized a lot earlier than i think most parents who are supporting up-and-coming actors that our role was to teach them how to handle rejection yeah and just and i'll add this little caveat too you know these things that they're going after like these these auditions these acting gigs and even in the professional settings it doesn't necessarily mean they're not good right it just it could also be what they are looking for right. for that organization so or the entity right and so that's a, yeah. a tough thing for people to understand. so you know fast forward we were in san francisco it's the day of the audition i give her some space i go down to the lobby i'm reading a book so she can stay in the room she has to sing she has to act she's got to perform all these monologues it's like 15 minutes of talking off of memory and performing yeah. and it's just a lot right so i was super proud of her she rehearsed for like three four hours and then i went upstairs and i said it's time and you're ready 
And she goes, well, now's as good as ever. Like, I got to do it, right? And I said, I want you to know that uh, she said, she said, mom, I want to thank you because I wouldn't be here without you. And I said, well, I appreciate that, but you are the one that busted your, busted your ass to get here, right? We supported you. And yes, we flew you here, but also like you created this opportunity. You should feel amazing about this and be proud of yourself. What I want you to know, though, is that whether you get into this school or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because your blessings already have your name on them and nothing can take that away. Right. But you're going to probably have like four different people that you could audition with. Maybe instead of these two, you get these two. Those two might be looking for something that's not quite you. Right. And that's okay. So if you don't wind up at this school, I want you to know this isn't school for you, though. Maybe there's a better path. That means there is a better path, right? Right, right. And so she goes, you know what? You're right. If Juilliard, if I'm not what Juilliard's looking for, then fuck them. <laughs> and I was like, that's the confidence you need to have walking into this audition, right? right? So just know that if you're supposed to be there, you'll be there. So we go to the audition. By the way, she has five friends that have flown in also from Los Angeles to also be in these auditions. And the way that they were supporting each other was so incredible to me. Like you're all competing against each other for a very small spot amount right. of spots, right? But they were supporting each other. They were just like so it was just an amazing thing to watch. So we go to the audition. She sees one of her friends and then I'm just trying to create this environment where she feels supported and we're laughing or just it's lighthearted and I'm here to do my best. And if my best isn't good enough, then that's okay. Right. Yeah. So she goes into the audition and I wind up taking an Uber with another mom to the mall. And I, I do want to say I love this mom. Like we're friends with uh, the other girl who's Jordan's age. But we have different philosophies right. on what happens if your kid doesn't get in. Right? right. So I've spent the whole morning joking with Jordan. We've laughed about it. I'm like, your blessings have your name on them. No one can take that away for you, from you. You might not be what they're looking for. And the other mom who loves her daughter would do anything to support her also got on a plane and flew her out there is like she works so hard. I hope she doesn't leave with a disappointment. Mm. And I was like. Yeah, I agree, but there's a really good chance they're going to be disappointed, <laughs> right? Because Juilliard has like a 7% acceptance rate. If you take 100 kids that are auditioning today, seven of them are going to get in. There's yeah. a very yeah. solid chance it's not going to be our children. I, I would, and that's one of those things where I think a good reframe for that is like, like you, she has worked so hard. And I hope that she feels good about what she's done. Right. Right. And to me, that's a better way of, of putting it. And it's not that, that anyone's wrong, right. but I do think that disappointment is part of life. Yeah. And so hoping people do not have disappointment is is not it, it's not realistic. So that's one thing I want to say. Like I want to ask the audience, do you pray away the pain for your children? Right. Because I think that a good amount of rejection is healthy. I think a good amount of heartbreak is healthy. Yeah. Right? We never monitor. Well, we did monitor who our kids dated, but we were like, okay, here's what I see. If you're asking, right. this could result in X, Y, and Z, but be prepared just in case, right? Right. And heartbreak is good for your kids. Like, you got to get your heart broken. I can't stop this boy from hurting your heart, right? right. I can't stop... Juilliard from hurting your heart if you really, really want this. If you really want this and this is where you want to go and this is your top school, it's going to it's going to hurt. It has to hurt. You know why? 
you want to be an actor. Right. And if you're going to pursue this as a career, as a profession, you got to learn the hurt. You got to learn how to power through it. You got to learn how to push through it. Guess guess why? You're going to go away to college and I'm not going to be there with you. Right. So I can't protect you from the pain. I have to show you how to kind of work through it, give you tools for that. And so, again, neither parent is right, but I am challenging the parents of the world to stop protecting their kids so much and understand that a healthy amount of pain can be it can change the trajectory of how your child goes out and views the world and copes through adversities. Do you remember when um, Kayla was going through this very similar process, but early on, it just seemed like she could not lose. Yeah. Right. And we remember, I remember saying, we were talking about like, I think she needs a, she needs a failure. Yeah. She needs a, st- <laughs> and oh. it, I know that sounds really crazy right. to people, but we literally talked about the fact that like she needs something one to ground her to to we wanted to see how she will respond to getting of something that says you're not good you're not good enough or you know we went to another direction whatever the case may be whatever the disappointment was we we felt that she needed something because i was like gosh she's winning so everything was like a a victory we prayed for a loss for all the kids (laughs) let's be real if you have small children and you are spending your saturdays at a freaking soccer field (laughs) and it's (laughs) tournament time for your kids i'm gonna just tell you be honest at some point after the second or third game of your kids winning you're like I hope these motherfuckers lose because I'm trying to go home. We've been here for four hours and I don't want them to go on to the playoffs because then we'll be here until friggin' tomorrow, right? (laughs) We got to go back. Oh, and then we got to travel to Arizona if they win. And so at some point, if you're being honest and you're You're a parent, you you are praying for a defeat. On the outside, you're like, go team, go. On the inside, you're like, ooh, I just, you know, it'd be really great if they didn't. You're lying if you are not admitting to that. right. But no, I, I, I. So what had happened so was funny. Jordan had procrastinated on a science project. Oh yeah, we were praying for her. And loss. I was praying that she got some sort of detention or something. And so I said, when I pick you up today, we're going to discuss your consequences because we'd stayed up late last night, ran yeah. her around to Michael's, did all this dumb shit to make sure you know, that we helped her try to do a good job, right? right? And so we were like, I don't know. Do you think you should do that? Like we were just kind of letting her do it on her own. But we helped. Right. So I drop her off at school. I tell her, this would be consequences when I pick you up. So I pick her up thinking she's going to come to the car and be like afraid of me because, you know, yeah, she turned in her science project, but it was barely by the freaking hair on her chin. Right. Right. So she skips over to the car as though she forgot and she makes it to the car. Hi, mom. How was your day? And I was like, oh, you're way too chipper right now. Like, did you forget you're in trouble? And she goes, why? Because of my science project. And I go, yeah, your late ass science project. What happened? And she goes, uh, my science project was so good that I got invited to compete in the national state science STEM blah, blah, blah. And it's tomorrow. And I was so furious. <laughs> I was like, you don't deserve that. And so we laughed about it, right? Right. But I was like, Jordan, I'm telling you, life is, it doesn't work like this. What's happening right now is you are blessed and highly favored and Jesus himself helped you with that science project. But that's not always going to be the case. One day or another, Jesus will teach you a lesson. And so you need to be prepared when things don't work out your way. And I want to see you cry a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of Jesus, it was myself. And and I should have got a grade on that. But, But that's a good question. Like, so in that moment, did we overstep? Right. Is there? No. 
no, but think about this. There's a difference between creating a a, a foundation mm-hmm. and then creating a crutch, right. right? And so I think we try our hardest and our best to our best understanding and knowledge to create foundations for the kids so that they have the resources, they have the information, they have the platform to do right. all these things. But at what point did we us you stepping staying in, up me, too late helping yeah, her helping her that was cre- a crutch right so yeah. it's like i would have let her fail a hundred percent but for whatever reason in that particular moment felt like okay i gotta do something yeah to help her with this, this so project. i was like okay well who got you in you or your daddy right <laughs> so i take her to the stupid science fair the next day and I swear to God, they call her as a winner, a top <laughs> 10 finalist, you She's guys. She's up for like this crazy uh, science award. I was so angry. She's like up for the, and I'm sitting there, of course I'm clapping, but I'm like, this little bitch, like she didn't they even work for this. People, they had an award ceremony at for like, this girl. A, conf- like a whole yeah. conference center yeah. with like all these vendors and and all kinds of and setups for kids that want to be inventors yeah. of the the next <laughs> the true wave stem of, students yeah. of the world <laughs> and my kids over here didn't even do this until midnight last night yeah. and she's being called for top 10 she's a snake oil salesman yeah. i so, swear to god <laughs> she's, so, she's over there selling <laughs> snake oil and, it's true because i was like how did you get your stuff she said i just sold them on the invention like mom i'm just persuasive and i was like what have we done <laughs> oh my so, god so now it's getting ready to be the third round and i'm like they're gonna announce like the one, two, and third pr- place winners of this science fair. And if this girl wins, I'm going to lose it and call fraud, right? <laughs> yeah. And so she doesn't make it in the top three. Tell me why she came down the stairs and she was sad. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Do you know how far you got that you shouldn't going have got home. that far, right? <laughs> so we laughed about it, but it was an example of how we have prayed for our children's defeat right, right. because we want them to understand what it feels like to not always have a winning streak because that's right. not usually how life works, right? right? Especially, again, if you're getting into a field like acting, you're not going to get every single role that you audition for. So fast forward, we're at the Juilliard <laughs> audition. And I'm with this mom and she's really concerned, like, what's going to happen if my daughter doesn't get in? What's going to happen if your daughter doesn't get in? And I'm like, if my daughter doesn't get in, she'll be totally fine. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know how it's going to work out. Like, my daughters would be really sad. And I said, yeah, I do think we have to kind of toughen them up a bit because they are doing this, choosing to do this as a profession. And a lot of grownups can't handle this. So we have to start to kind of like plant these seeds and instill this resilience in them. And so, so Jordan, like, you know, we're together, me and this mom for like three hours. And I had to tell you, it was so funny because my phone rings and I'm with the mom and I go, Jordan's calling. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And she goes, mom with a smile on her face. I go, yes. And she goes, fuck Juilliard. I'm not what they were looking for. Come get me. And I started laughing so hard. I like, I was like, honey, I'm so proud of you. Oh my God. You make me so happy. And I start celebrating. So the mom starts jumping up and down like Jordan got in. And I'm like going like this, like cutting my throat like, no, she didn't get in. And she's looking so confused. Like, wait, why are you celebrating then? Right. (laughs) And so I just chat with Jordan for a second and she goes, you're right. You know, this school didn't have my name on the blessing list and that's okay. Um, I feel so good about it because now I'm, I'm better for it. I've got another rep under my belt and I'm ready to give it all that I have for the next auditions because 
I didn't even really want to go to this school, mom. I just wanted to see if I got in and I'm not what they're looking for right now and I'm fine with it. And some people may be listening to that thinking, okay, that was a coping mechanism. And it wasn't because no. what, it, she had a I want dream you to school. make sure people, I want people to make sure they understand what we're saying. We're not saying do not have disappointments. Right. We're saying you need disappointments. Yes. She was still disappointed, yeah. right? But how she handled it and where she moved to from that disappointment to understanding like these are the things that I, I was able to take from this experience that I can use in the next experience. Yes. Is super important, but it's okay to be disappointed. Yep. In some cases, disappointment is a, is a is the fire, is the fuel you need to fire the engines to keep going. But I think for some people, the disappointment is the ice water put put on yeah. that fire, right? And it's putting it puts a damper on the spirit and the nature of that individual, and so they don't show up yeah. with the same enthusiasm that they need going forward. So, so she huge. takes an Uber to me. I meet her at the mall. I see her. I make eye contact with her. She runs to me like it's a movie, right? And I grab her. She grabs me and she goes, I am so fired up, mom. Like I'm going to be the best actress on the planet. And this is what, this is the origin, the villain origin story, right? And I just couldn't have been more proud of how she handled that rejection. And so it didn't matter. I mean, it does matter. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be the golden ticket for everything. Yeah. But it's not going to happen 100% of the time, all the time, right? Right. And so I did watch her come home. She refined. She uh, prepared even harder. And then we went this weekend on four more auditions. And she walked out of every one of them like, I gave it everything I had. I gave it everything I had. It doesn't matter now. It's out of my hands. I might not be what they're looking for. I might not be a good addition to their current roster. That person might be having a bad day. I might have not given them what they were looking for. I might not be as talented as they want. But at the end of the day, I brought the best I could. And I feel great about that. And that's a huge thing because I think that that's what I think many adults and I think, you know, if I look at my life, like understanding that it's not always about the outcomes, right? It's about the inputs. And so she's changed her inputs of what she puts into the things that she's doing, her level of focus that she's putting into the audition and in all of the skills that she's acquiring by putting herself in these really uncomfortable situations. Like those things are super powerful, but I think people right now, they think if I don't get the outcome I'm looking for, then that is the ultimate scorecard. Yeah. And, and it's really not no. because like you said, there's so many things outside of your control. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's something subjective, yeah. right? It's like someone is judging your performance to give you an assessment on something that is very intangible and it's really hard. Like people need to have a right type of mindset when going into that. And I think that that is something that she, if she does the right thing and keeps that learning for the rest of her life, she will be able to use that professionally in anything that she goes after. So which is hopefully the foundation for really good emotional intelligence for a a kid. Yeah. So back to making this about parenting this weekend in Los Angeles, we had four different auditions and I'm the mom waiting in the waiting room right next to all the other moms and kids that haven't been called yet. And so mind you, again, all of these kids are getting ready to go to college. They are starting life as an adult. They're leaving the nest. They will not have their parents to kind of help them work through all of these things. I'm sure they could talk on the phone, but they're not going to be there daily. Like they're embarking on this next level of adulthood, right? Right. So this mom, um, I start yawning. I'm by myself. And she goes, don't do that. I've been up since 2 a.m. 
Oh. And I said, oh, <laughs> I said, okay, why were you up at 2 a.m., right? And she goes, oh, because my cat has cancer. And I was like, oh, okay, so sparks this conversation. And I said, oh, do you have a child that's auditioning? And she goes, yeah, but she's not very good, so she's probably not going to get it. <laughs> and I thought, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, you know, she didn't have a very good acting coach, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And so I just thought, well, I wonder if the kid knows that. Right. right? And that that was startling for me, right? And then we continued to talk. And I said, um, she said, well, she didn't audition for like Juilliard or anything like that. She's not that good. And I said... I think you should encourage her to do things that maybe are not even at her level yet so she can just have the reps under her right. belt so she can just get the practice. Like even if you go into the audition thinking you're not good enough, you you could act like you're good enough and you never know what will happen, right? Like you got to shoot your I shot. I wonder what that conversation looked like. She was like looking at applications. She goes, oh, honey, you shouldn't do Juilliard. Let's do something that's right. a little bit more in your range. Like yeah. in that, I mean, I, I don't know. We're speculating, but that to me is such a damaging conversation, 100%. especially for girls. Yeah. Okay. So women have, there's a statistic that states very specifically that women have to check off all the boxes to be qualified right. to even apply for a position. Whereas guys are like, huh, this sounds like something I could figure out. <laughs> and then they, you know, hit send on their right. resume. And what happens is they get the bulk of the jobs. And so women, if you're watching this, send that freaking application in, go to the audition, right. put your name in the hat, whether you feel a hundred percent qualified or not, just be audacious, right. put it out there because what will you gain? You'll gain some confidence. You'll gain a little bit better understanding. You'll know what it's like to be in the room. The next time you go, you'll be more prepared. So there's so much that you can gain by prematurely putting your name in the hat versus staying back, waiting for perfection, waiting until you're ready. There is never a right time to do something really hard and scary. Just do it. I think guys look at things as if I'm eligible that makes me qualified. I think you look at <laughs> right? if I'm slightly eligible. Well, I'm just then saying, I'm but by eligibility, meaning that I have the ability to fill out this application or I have this ability to show up for whatever it is, that eligibility is far more valued than the qualifications that may be asked. But I think I girls think will see eligibility as, well, what are the rules? What's the fine print? Ooh, I didn't finish my degree. Ooh, I right. didn't. So they look at eligibility different than men do. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think that men look at, I think men look at things as, as eligible, not qualified. Mm -hmm. If I'm eligible, meaning that I have the capabilities to enter Enter my name into this. If it accepts it, that makes that makes me eligible, mm. right? Where I think women really value qualifications, qualifications. right? Like I don't want to show up unless I qualify for even what they're, they're asking for. And I think that it was interesting because when we were talking about this, Jordan was like, "Well, aren't you supposed to go after things that you're not qualified for quite yet, so yeah. that you can give yourself space to grow into that?" Right. And a hundred percent, like there's nothing that you're gonna do, like. Everything you reach for, whether it be your career or your business, there's going to be a stretch, yeah. right? So if you get promoted, there's elements that you have gaps that you got to grow into. And I'm not saying you apply for things that if you're not a structural engineer and you apply for a job <laughs> to be a structural engineer, and you've never taken a course yeah. in your life, then yeah, that's silly. But what I'm saying is, is that if there's things that are in your realm that you say, hey, you know what? I'm eligible for yeah, this. This is a stretch. I think I can do this. Mm -hmm then you should go out and do it. And okay. then accept the fact that if someone says, 
hey, we don't think that you're uh, up to par and go back, reflect, assess and see what kind of growth you need to have to make yourself a better candidate the yeah. next time going up. So, so there are people who are auditioning for Juilliard for the third year in a row. To me, that's more admirable than someone right. who gets in quickly, right? This, this is These are people who are like, okay, I took your notes. I took the rejection. I'm I spent back. the last year <laughs> getting better and I'm back. And right. eventually that persistence will pay off, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like, okay, then there was another situation where I'm sitting next to a girl and she does the same thing. Like she's saying, well, you know, I'm not that good. So like I didn't audition for like the Juilliards and the Lambdas. Right. And I go, well, why? Like, why didn't you just put yourself out there just to learn it? And she goes, ah, you know, and the mom was like, no, like, nah, that's too much rejection. And I literally turned to both of them. It was to a mom right. and a daughter. And I said, is this your mom? And she said, yes. And I said, let me be real I with you. you going to say, get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> I said, let me be real with you. Is it true that you only know how to look at rejection and like how to behave and get through stress based on what you've been taught from your mother or your father? And she said, oh man, my mom is full of stress. And the mom covered her face and she said, oh yes, it's true. You know, and the girl said, my mom is acting like she's auditioning for these roles. Like she gets so angry and like so stressed out when I go in and it's me. It's not even her. And I said, but is it true? Would you guys both agree that your daughter's taking on whatever traits and right. beliefs that you've instilled? Just like you're stressed out. So you're passing some of that stress on. And she said, yeah, 100% guilty. Yeah. I said, I'm here to tell you that there's so many things that you need to grow through if you want to be an actor for the rest of your life. Isn't it true that like statistically, you're probably not gonna get 94 to 97% of the things that you audition for, just like from a statistic. And she goes, yeah. I said, so then doesn't that mean you need to get like 93, 94 no's before you'll get a yes? And she goes, yeah. And it's like clicking for her. I said, so if you walk in and you audition today and they say, no, it doesn't have anything to do with your talent. It doesn't have anything to do with your qualifications. And she was like, thank you for that. Yeah. And it warmed my heart because she hadn't tried on that perspective before. Right. right. And, and the mom was even thankful. Right. But I think that's what I want us as parents to like understand is like we are teaching them how to take on all of our bad habits, all of our views of the world, whether it's political beliefs, whether it's the way you interact with others, the way you think that people are evil, you know, you think people are rude. We're giving all of those traits to our kids. And I just think we have to be really aware of the things that could be damaging that we're passing on to them. Do you? That's that's the thing, because we we know people who have young kids, right? And you remember that quote I was, I, I, I think I showed you, it was, I think it was Jordan Peterson as well. We said that don't interrupt kids when they do scary things, mm -hmm. right? Um, carefully. And I think that that is a, a good example of that. It's like, if you have young kids right now and they are venturing off to do something that you would consider something that they can get hurt, and I'm not saying let them play with outlets, right? But what I'm saying is, is there is an element of allowing them to explore to build self-confidence in themselves that they can be mindful of things that may be considered um, stressful for you 
But if you interrupt that, you are damaging their ability to have really good self-confidence. And then if you are, to your point to this lady, giving them your emotional responses of how nervous they should be, how, how scared they should be around doing scary things carefully or mindfully, then just know that you are destroying their ability to build and stack self-confidence. Yeah. And self-confidence is something that I think every all of our students we talk about, the one thing they are asked for is they want more confidence, yeah. right? And the one thing you want to instill in your kids is confidence, whether it's when we had a trampoline, letting them do backflips mm-hmm. so that they can do something that is in a lot of places, a lot of people would consider, oh my God, that's dangerous. Yeah. But for them, it's like, it's not dangerous because I'm able, I feel capable right. of doing it. And feeling capable is an unstoppable feeling, Yeah. right? Let your kids do the backflips oh, on the trampoline. Yeah. And because if people feel capable, they'll try hard things yeah. because they feel like they can overcome whatever the challenge is. But that's the thing that's at stake. If self-confidence is such an important attribute, every time you steal from it as a parent, you are robbing them of possible achievements that they may have because of the fact they believed in themselves and you took that away. Well, it kind of leads me to like ask this question. My girlfriend Jamila had a son who was like three, let's say he was two or three years old and I visited them and I, at one point we walked into the kitchen and he was scaling the like refrigerator, like had had found a way to create like a little stool, climbed over the cabinet, stood on the counter and was now like standing on top of the refrigerator trying to get to this cabinet that was super high because that's where the snacks were. So we walk in and I'll never forget like her reaction. She was like, oh, really? She just looked at her kid and she was like, oh, really? Looked up at the refrigerator your kid's standing on there. My question to other parents listening is like, would you say, oh my God, get down. You're going to fall and break your neck and then I'm going to have to take you to the hospital. And it's like this long drawn out thing, right? right? She was like, show me how you got up there (laughs) and can you get down, right? Right? So like letting him do something that's dangerous carefully. Right. What do you think that that's going to do for that kid's confidence, right? So So you might need to enroll him in like a rock climbing class for kids or gymnastics or something, but that could let his confidence soar versus if you're the mom that's constantly, don't do that, that's dangerous. Don't do that, you're going to hurt yourself. Like that would stifle their ability to do hard, scary, challenging things. And I think that that's a separator because I think about like my childhood and a a big part of my childhood was being a latchkey kid, right? So- Mm -hmm. Being on my own, doing things for the first time by myself, and then learning to trust myself and learning to like understand that, oh my God, like making a mistake, but also being able to clean up my mistake. Yeah. Right. And it not being something that someone interrupted. And I think that that's a big thing as well is like when our kids make a mistake. That, and it wasn't a good example with that science project for Jordan, but allowing them to clean up their own mistake. Yeah. Because there's nothing like, okay, failure, and then I have to find a way to pick myself back up, dust myself back off, and then try again Yeah, on your own, Yeah, right? Instead of a parent picking the kid up. Like, or you a always little see bit those, of embarrassment. Right, or a little bit of embarrassment. Like you see kids that fall, and you see parents that run over to pick yeah. them up, and then you see other parents that say, okay, get up, right? And that to me is foundational. Right. Because to your point, like, him climbing up on that thing builds a certain level of trust within himself right. that you can never give. Mm-hmm. You can't give can't that to a kid, it really. right? They have to do it on their own. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when the kids were like in junior high or high school and they were playing volleyball. 
couple of times they'd call and say, I left my jersey at home. Sorry. Sorry for you. I'm I'm at work <laughs> and I can't bring it to you. Right. If you don't bring it to me, I won't be able to play. Well, you're not going to be able to play then. Right. It's a hard lesson to teach as a parent. But it's also like if I run to your aid every single time you're irresponsible, like your lack of preparation does not constitute as an emergency on my end. Right. And I wanted them to know that I was busy running a business, leading a team, like managing employees. I have customers and deadlines and I can't just leave in the middle of my day because you didn't plan and prepare for something you knew was coming up. Right. Right. And I'm not saying I did it every single time, but there was a good amount of times where I needed to make the hard choice to teach them the lesson. And I'm sure they hated it at the time. But I would say that we have really responsible children. And that's the hard thing for parents to do, because at the end of the day, this, the kid doesn't understand why you're not picking up their mess for yeah. them, right? At, at that time, they're probably thinking you're being unreasonable, right? And now I have to suffer this consequence. Yeah. But I think having the dialogue with them and saying, do you know why I did not go right. do that? Mm -hmm. That piece is important because they need to mm -hmm. understand the nuance of like, oh, I needed to be held accountable for this. Because this is a big hard, this is a hard thing because kids don't understand why they go through pain. Right. We don't realize that until we get into our 30s and 40s and 50s and we say, oh, pain is something we need in order to grow. Kids mm -hmm. don't know that. They're 10, yeah. 12 years old. They're thinking all pain should be avoided. Well, I know right? adults that are still praying pain away. A hundred percent. But I think that because kids don't understand it, parents don't have the the vocabulary or the words to describe it. Or right. maybe they don't they can't stand their kids having a misunderstanding and being not not liked by their kids. Mm -hmm. And so they give in. Yeah. Right. Instead of saying, you're not going to understand this right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. Yeah. Right. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to do. But it's so important to their overall growth as a human being and as an adult at some point. Agree. And I do think with our kids going off to college now, starting their adult lives without us, the the biggest bit of advice I can give you other than instilling confidence and like teaching them how to work through rejection is teaching them to self-advocate, yeah. right? So for example, um, I was in a high school production with other kids and moms and uh, they were the moms were complaining about one class, one teacher saying like, you know, we should go to the the teacher or the principal, or whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I think we have 11th grade kids. I think there should be an element of self-advocacy for themselves. Right. They should be the ones to go to the teacher and figure it out. And one of the moms looks at me and she goes, well, not all kids can advocate for themselves. Well, who the hell's who's <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whose fault is that? <laughs> right. I, I don't understand. Like right. We have children who are 17 years old. They're going to be away at college next year. They can't go talk to a teacher if they think that they're not happy with their grade. And the mom and I had a healthy discussion about the fact that I, I said, well, I want to raise my kids to not need me because they're not going to have me probably within right. the next year. Right. And so teaching your kids that when something's not right or when they think something's unfair or they think they're being singled out, teaching them to have the confidence to go ask questions and learn more and understand and have right. healthy dialogue and how to work through conflict. That is a skill that every human on the planet should have. A hundred percent. But a lot of us don't. I mean, picking up the the, the spear or the rifle to, to, to fight your kids' battles uh, and, and, you know, I, I would say this, even if your kids have special needs, instilling the ability to self-advocate or fight for themselves the right way 
man, it's so important, so right? Important. And so that parent that says not every kid, they never put up the mirror and say the reason why they can't advocate for themselves is because I've always gone to arms for them. Right. And that is debilitating. Yeah. Because you know, we were, we're, we're always proud of the kids when they, and we, Jasmine was just giving us mm-hmm. an example where she advocated a, 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 co-worker. A, a coworker. So she gets into the space where she's now working with adults and adults don't always act right. Yeah. And they don't always say all the right things, but her ability to articulate through frustration and anger, a, you know, very specific point of feedback mm-hmm. and saying, I do not like when you do right. this thing. I would like you to change this behavior. Not crying about not it, crying not about emotional it, about not it, just very tables, matter, matter of fact. Just matter of fact. But that is an instillment of like, hey, you got to talk to, we talked about this before, you, you got to talk to the doctor. Yeah. You tell the doctor what's going on with yeah. you. You have a so, certain level of entitlement as a human being that you need to take up space and if someone is uh, violating your boundaries, you need to be able to talk to them about it. Whether it's a teacher, whether it's a coworker, whether whoever it is, yeah. you need to be able to stand up for yourself. So I think what that looks like if you have small children is your kids are four, let them order for themselves at right. the dinner table if you go out to a restaurant. If they're three or four and can speak, you want to teach them how to speak better. That's why we're here, right? So if they're not feeling well and you take them to the doctor, let them tell the doctor what's wrong with them. It's okay if they say my tummy hurts or, you know, I'm hot. Like they have to be able to get comfortable talking to professionals about what's going on with them. And that could look like a waitress taking your macaroni and cheese order. But let your kids do things like that for themselves. I think those help... Um, kids become really good teenagers and figure out how to advocate for themselves. And I think the thing that also deteriorates that is parents are impatient Mm -hmm. and they, they want it done a certain way. They're perfectionists. Right. But the impatience piece is a big one because they're operating at the Mm -hmm. speed that they want their kids are not operating at. Yeah. Right. And so they're just, I'll do it for you because you're just not ready to do it. Right. But not thinking about the fact that they'll never be ready to do it right. because of your impatience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sitting there at a at a dinner table, and it, you know, sometimes you could feel like you're on the you're on the clock. It's your turn to order, right? Mm-hmm. So hurry up. But sitting there and saying, no, you order, and them kind of like in the first couple of times, kind of stuttering their way yeah. through is is a, is another foundational thing that I think is super important and it it speaks volumes to everything we just talked about whether it you know it starts when they're 4 or 5 until they're 17 18 20 21 years old and they're now having to speak for themselves or they have to handle challenges on their own yeah so just ask yourself if you're creating a foundation for your kids to learn and kind of exercise the skills that you want them to have or if you're creating crutches for them to right. not have to build those things on their own. That's huge. Yeah. So let us know if this parenting episode was helpful. <laughs> um, there's so much to unpack when it comes to parenting. Yeah. And I just feel like there's no handbook for parenting. But I do think that if we paid attention to how we're raising our kids, knowing that if I don't like you, there's a good chance <laughs> other people don't like you. If you're annoying to me, there's a good chance that right. other people think you're annoying. Um, if you cry and have fits with me, there's a good chance you're going to cry and have fits with other people. If we see and recognize these patterns in them, I think we have to take responsibility and say, how could I have role modeled better behaviors? And what could I do if they're really young to kind of course correct these things? Because they should know how to uh, overcome objection or adversities and disappointments. They should know how to deal with, you know, rejection. They should know how to, um, 
work through uh, things that are unfavorable or that seem unfair if they're able to use their voice. And so I think there's so much to talk about and discuss here. If you've got a parenting tip that you want to share with us, please take some time to leave us a review on iTunes and we will see you guys in the next episode. All right. Push Bye. through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review leave your handle and until next time push through